This is Audio Gyan and I am your host Kedar Nimkar. Welcome to a deep dive into the minds of luminaries from the Indian creative world. Welcome back to part 2. We are in discussion and conversation with Yan Smithgere, a filmmaker, producer and founder of Pass Media. Uh, they make high quality documentaries and feature films with focus on classical music dance and fine arts in the previous episode we speak we spoke about making a documentary and we spoke we are going to speak about his latest documentary uh, on late architect bibi doshi called the promise architect bibi doshi so welcome back yan to audio gan and thanks a lot again for giving your time it's a great pleasure to do that Awesome. So yeah, I mean, it was a great conversation in the previous episode. Uh, we touched many things about uh, documentary as an art form, but I wanted to just take this few more time of yours to to just deep dive into the new documentary that you have just I think released. Yeah, it's now re- out. But uh, yeah, I mean, more questions around how was the experience and and some bits about documenting the East at large also. So uh you made i think two documentaries uh, uh from india so like what fascinates about you like about india being an like a non indian like how do you sort of maybe that could be the starting context yes well my my story with india started when i was very young when i was like uh 19 or 20 i i spent some time in new york and in new york i uh I approached India from two sides. One was uh, I had very little money and so people told me go to Indian restaurants on 7th Street, East 7th Street downtown, there you get excellent food for not that much money. And I had never eaten Indian food before because at that at that time in in Europe that maybe in England but but in in Germany that was practically unknown it's a long time ago and um so i went to these restaurants and i was thrilled by this food and i went there every day and and totally fell in love with indian food so that was the one side mm-hmm. and the other side that was that uh, in some art house cinema i forgot which one in 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 new york uh, they were showing a respect a retrospective of satyajit ray the great uh director from kolkata and i watched all his films and i was fascinated the, the especially the apu trilogy his his masterwork that he that he did in the early 1950s fascinated me extremely and i i thought it was very nice to have these those those, those two um co- complementary uh, experiences um food and art and uh, <laughs> and from that from that moment on i always wanted to travel to india which then took a long time when when i when i got married we wanted to uh, spend our honeymoon in india but we had to cancel we had organized everything but then we had to cancel the trip because my wife fell ill and we couldn't repeat it and so it took many 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 more years until i finally came to india and that was in 2007 when i started doing research for a film that i uh, produced about modern yoga and about the origins of modern yoga so about what practically everyone does in the whole world uh, in india and um yeah that brought me to india many many times and um and i was it was interesting because i had so much expectations and it was really that when i when i uh, left the the airport 
and and was there for the first time, I all, right away I I felt at home or I felt not at home of course, but I felt uh, I loved it and I, it it felt it felt close to me. If it, I, yeah, yeah, some connection, some some kind of some kind of connection. Yes, and I love the people and I love the 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 strong um, the the the, the the presence of spirituality in almost everything that you encounter and and but also the, the chaos and the, the the noises and the smells and i i just love it mm, beautiful in fact i was having a chat with one of my friends and what did india give to the world i think it's yeah i mean now these days it's become again very overused word called yoga but there's much more profound thing which we can probably call as like soul is the important piece rather than the matter. I think that that narrative uh, over the last three, five thousand years has been the core of Indian uh, philosophy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> cool. no, that's also what I did, loved in, in all the conversations I had with, with uh, uh, intelligent people that always went at maybe a European would stop at some point, and then there's always some more steps that that your partner will, will will do, and to to put it in a larger picture, and really to find the the spiritual part of of of, of this um, subject. It's it's really wonderful for me. Yeah. In fact, if I'm not wrong, and I'm not saying something over overstatement, also that when we in the previous times when we used to look at subjects they were trying to find similarities and converging as opposed to dissecting it further and further. So, I mean, if you look at overall multiple things, they might converge to philosophy. If you might look at medicine, they might just all converge to Ayurveda or something like that. So, and then you build more disciplines within it. But the idea was to go towards the center, go towards Very like, right. yes. finding the finding the synthesis of it. Yeah, it's it's always a holistic perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's also very attractive for me. Yeah, yeah. great. Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, and and what makes you films like film make films on design or art or dance or all these sort of creative expressions? And uh, how did you bumped into architecture? <laughs> well, I started with films on musical subjects because music is my the most important subject for me in life. And I, at some point, I wanted to become a musician, but then I was also very interested in directing and I was very interested in operas. So sometimes I'm also directing operas, but um, to to do films about musical subjects is is one way of, of being very close to music. So this is really my, let's say my core uh, uh, field. But but I'm also very interested in the other arts, and I I, I did some some art related, fine art related pro projects, and I was always very interested in architecture. And when I'm traveling around, I'm I'm mostly interested in architecture, and and always uh, uh, trying to see the right, the, also contemporary architecture, the, the interesting buildings. And uh, but I had never done a film on on an architectural subject, and I remember when I um, I was. You know, when you when you go jogging, you always have good ideas. And I was jogging in Munich, my hometown Munich. Now I'm living in Berlin, but that was in Munich. And and there's a very beautiful um, 
uh, housing project that they did 50 years ago for the Olympics in Munich. And this is one of the rare cases that a modern housing project is really accepted by the by the um, inhabitants, and it's really working very well. It's a really lively, beautiful neighborhood. And I was jogging there and, and looking at those buildings that are quite good architecture and thought, it's so strange. I did so many films, and I'm so much in love with architecture and I never did a film on architecture. Why? Why so? And the answer was, well, because no one is really interesting in my eyes. And then I thought, wait a second, there's this Indian architect. Mm. This is a guy. This may, might be a subject. And mm. yeah, and then I started doing research on Bibi Doshi and approaching him. And yeah. Yeah. And I think first encounter or first interaction with Doshi would have been just, yeah, like, it's, it's just amazing. So how, how did like, yeah, maybe you can just start off with like, what is the promise uh, architect Bibi Doshi and like how did the first interaction happen and then how did you start documenting? How did it come to Yes. Be? Well, after that idea, uh, when I was joking, I, uh, I started researching uh, and reading books about him and, and his own writings and, and watching all his buildings in, in films and, and, uh, and in books. And, uh, and then there was a, at, at that time, there was a, a retrospective of his work in Germany, in a museum, very well done by his granddaughter, Kushnu. And that traveled through the world. I think it's still traveling. It's a very beautiful show. And so I, I read all that and I went to that exhibition. And then I wrote to Doshi a letter. And nothing happened. And then I called the office. And said, yeah, I'm this guy from Germany. I, I would be very, very happy to get in touch because I would love to do a documentary. And so I talked to her, to, to Kushnu, to the granddaughter. And she said, yeah, yeah, we got your letter. Um, and my grandfather is interested. Um, uh, why don't you come to India and we just talk? And I said, okay, cool, I'm coming. And well, a few weeks later, I traveled to Ahmedabad and, and met him. And you talk to him. I mean, he's such a generous person, and he's so he was so interested in people. So, and he's really his the way he looked at people was just wonderful. He was curious on everybody, and 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 opened his heart to to everybody. And so this way, he received me, and we talked a bit. Uh, I was in his office, and after ten minutes, uh, his granddaughter joined us, and he said, "Kushnu, he's willing to do the film." And I thought, what's he talking about? It, it, the the fantastic thing is that he is willing to do the film. Mr. Doshi is willing to do the film, and uh, so I was very happy. And 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 then we then all went very fast because he was very old then already. He was ninety one when I visited him. I mean, he was in fantastic shape, but he was a quite an old man. So I thought we rather start soon. And normally it takes ages to to raise money for a film. And it's I I I was often in the situation that I approached someone and said I would like to do this and that film, and uh, and then it was might have been difficult to convince that person. But at, when I finally convinced her or him, uh, then they would think, okay, let's start tomorrow. And then I normally have to say, I'm sorry, uh, now I have to start raising money that can take a year, mm -hmm. and. 
yeah, in this case, I didn't want to wait wait a year. So when I tr- came back to Germany, I, I I met a friend, a very close friend who is also great lover of architecture, and um, and he just made a startup which with which he earned a lot of money. And I told him about the project, and he agreed to co-finance this film, which was fantastic so after a few days i already had half of the budget and then i applied for subsidies and i got them so we could start very soon so i visited him in july and already in september uh by then he had turned 92 uh we started shooting wow amazing in fact i remember my interaction with him uh, uh i interviewed him for the 100th episode and uh even i flew to ahmedabad uh reach sangat and somebody said like just wait for 20 minutes he'll be here and i think he was 92 then uh, he came in and we shot uh, like we just had a good half an hour chat and then uh, he left and i forgot to take even a photo with him so i stood there again because he went to the next meeting which was again half an hour and then he walked out and then like we took a photo so just amazing to see that Yes. a 92 year old person with so much active and so much dynamism yes and i can tell you why he was so i mean that's my interpretation why he was so um so fit at old age because he was so curious he was always curious and and when he met you and when he met me he looked at us and he really saw the human behind the appearance and 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 was interested in in us and in everyone he met and i think this is keeping someone young when he, when he's still um curious on everything that that he's he's encountering even at at that age i just i get goosebumps every time i, I like i've been <laughs> for last 5 6 years i've been thinking who should like pick up as my go to person like a kind of a guru i don't know just like and i'm constantly in 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 two thoughts whether it should be with doshi although i am not an architect i have nothing to do with architecture or is it kumar gandharva where i have nothing to do with music but uh, just two legendary people whom i am mm. every time in awe with <laughs> yes i i, I can understand <laughs> cool uh, so um, yeah and like if you google and if you like check on youtube there are like millions of millions and not millions but yeah like thousands of short and long form articles and videos and where bibidoshi himself has been talking and uh, most of them are philosophical in nature a lot has been documented right so what made you think that or what's the narrative of the promise i'm sure you can like disclose now because yeah it's out <laughs> No of course uh, it, yeah it's out it 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 had its, its premiere on a on a film festival in Poland in May and now it's out and uh, in Germany it will really be in the theaters uh, uh, in September and then also in other countries and hopefully also also in India yeah i wasn't scared by those other films because i thought we talked about that in the first episode i think in documentaries it's not about facts are about showing as many as doshi's buildings as possible or being very informative i think it's it's about creating an experience and um 
when I met Doshi, I, I knew that this personality and this his worldview and his his let's say philosophy and approach to to life and to to many important questions uh, was so strong and so beautiful that it, I would need to convey that. And of course, the buildings are important and uh, they are structuring the film and and we are visiting those buildings together. But it was more about his personality and about his unique perspective on on life. And I was so lucky that he was uh, agreeing to to do that with my, my my team and myself to go everywhere and to tell us about those buildings while actually revisiting them. And what what happened then was that whenever we went somewhere, like in the Institute of Indology, one of his very beautiful early works in in Ahmedabad, um, when he was sitting there or walking around. It felt for him like like a time travel. He was really back in Ahmedabad in the 1960s, early 60s again, and he remembered every name and of every contractor and every mason and whatever. It was really impressive, and he was like re reliving those moments, and that was very strong. And that was gave me the chance to to um, to do this time travel together with him. Wow. Hmm. And then, but there are bunch of. Uh, I think I don't remember the production house, but what's an ego where he spoke where he spoke about the Narmada River. Uh, there are like bunch of videos also, right? So yes, like, of course. Can you can you give some glimpse about what is the promise that he's speaking about? And uh, from the trailer, it says says that. I had to make furniture uh, for every Indian, and that's still not fulfilled. So you want to get yes. some glimpse of it? Yes, that is the promise. Um, he, his, his father and grandfather were carpenters, and uh, and when he was very young, he there was a moment when he felt pity for for some poor people that he saw, and he thought his duty in life is to build very cheap furniture that everyone can afford so that no one uh, has to to sleep on the on the, has no bed or table or or, or uh, chair to 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 sit on and in a way he did that because he uh, as you know he did a lot of social projects and housing projects for the poorest so he said to me i still have to fulfill that promise but i think he did fulfill that promise Okay, okay, and that's what the film is about. Yes, awesome, great. So, um, I was also reading uh, your interview with uh, Ritu Priya Basu, and you you mentioned that Doshi's architecture must not be shown silently, right? Uh, so, how did you manage to show the interactions or the architecture, the inhabitants, and like, I mean, because though she would have been like it's in 94 now 93 probably so how how are things sort of how is he responding to it and what's the setup like if you can give some glimpse of it yes well what what i learned when i when i studied doshi's work and when i talked to him was that he did a very very important move in art in in architecture history let's say um compared to his 
ancestors that were still close to him, like, like Le Corbusier or like Mies van der Rohe or Frank Lloyd Wright, those people tried to create um, sculptures for eternity. So they were really trying to, to build the perfect house with every detail as accurate as possible and to, let's say, the inhabitants and the and the landlords, they were more like disturbing the creative work of the architect because they had some wishes and they wanted another door here that destroyed the picture or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and Doshi had a totally different approach, at least when he was a bit older. In his early work, it may be a little bit like that, like the Institute of Indology, but then it changed a lot. And he started um, conceiving the, the buildings for the users and I, for instance, I talked to him about uh, the Institute of Management that he did in Bangalore, one of his most important buildings, a very, very huge project that is still um, growing today. So it's an open structure. Uh, and by the way, he's in that building. He has he shows a fantastic um, use of, of nature. So he nature, he planted 300 trees. And and architecture are really melting together in this in this uh, university. It's it's fantastic. And um, and when he talked about this, he talked about the users and what they would do when they would walk through the building. And for instance, he talks about students uh, going here, the uh, taking the di- diagonal through the to this um, courtyard and landing at this cafeteria where. There may be a chance encounter with a professor, and then they will sit there and have a coffee, and the student will miss his class. But the the um, encounter with a professor is much more important than the class. So this is the way he thought about buildings. He didn't think of about volumes and I, I want this perfect shape here, but he was th- thinking of of encounters, um, or even a more more lovely example uh, when he built his own. Uh, University of Architecture in Ahmedabad, the CEPT, that mm. university yeah, yeah. in the 60s. Um, he, he was thinking about the students that would study there and that there would be um, people falling in love w- with each other. And then he thought of, of Indian movies where the, uh, where the lovers go around the tree <laughs> and meet on the other side of the tree. And so he thought, he, I want two entrances to this building so that one can go in and out two different ways so that, that the lovers can meet. And wow. this is an incredible approach to architecture, totally different than, than the generation, just one generation before. And um, because he approached architecture like that, uh, I thought it would be very important to see all these interactions and to see the buildings with people and not the the pure sculpture that his uh, the older generation would have built. And then he went even one step behind, beyond that, when he uh, when he did this big housing project in called Aranya in Indore. There, that was conceived for very poor people from the slums, from different slums of all India. And there, there was a lottery and, and those poor people could win the, the plots. And there he only has built um, model houses, very simple model houses, and and the people were forced uh, were were invited to build those houses themselves, and they could 
build them like the model houses, but that was just the suggestion. They could also do it differently. And that way, a, a, a whole city emerged. I think today there are 200,000 people living there. This is um, indoor, right? Indoor, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, that is, it, it's kind of homogeneous picture, the whole thing, but the details are very flexible. And some people wanted to or ornate their buildings and some others didn't. And so it, it's not Doshi architecture trademark. It's it's a proposition, an invitation to people to build their own um, environment. And that's, yeah. this is really a very, very bold move and goes far beyond uh, what early modernism tried to do and what his teachers did. Yeah, yeah, and that again was a reason to include the inhabitants in in those scenes. Mm -hmm. So we also but interviewed. Much... We went to indoor, Sorry. and interviewed. Uh, we went to, went to indoor and and interviewed people and and just really asked them how is it when when did you move in here how 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 what what did you change and then they would tell yeah we when I was when we moved in the family was still small and we were just here in this room and then when the family got bigger we we uh, uh, built a second second story and then we then some children moved out and so we could sub lend this this second uh, uh, second uh, bedroom and so on yeah real life and this is what he anticipated it feels like a living organism like which is I mean that 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 RCC and that everything is just living. That's how he yeah. used to put in. Because I remember, and these two words have stuck with me. In fact, I'm planning to like write something about it also. Uh, I asked him now when I look at back at his like many interviews. A lot of people have asked him uh, that why do buildings and and cities look the same everywhere? There's same steel flyovers and yes. and glass buildings and i like in in audio again he uh, answered saying because architects are no longer poets and i think mm -hmm. that's one line just changes how you look at design how you look at architecture absolutely. So very very yes. profound thinking absolutely he, no he was always he has always had this poet approach to to everything that he did and he was actually also uh, drawing all the time he was constantly drawing and and writing notes and some little thoughts almost in, in poem form so this this we're showing this in the film also of course um he regarded himself always as a poet mm. so every word he spoke at least whatever I have seen and experienced has been magical, especially as people grow old because of that Indian ethos, which he speaks about. Uh, there's a lot of philosophy. How difficult it was to really edit because everything is very lyrical. It's It has a rhythm to it. So was editing yes, a nightmare? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was afraid of that. Uh, uh, honestly, when I when I talked to him, I thought, "Oh my God, this man talks long and he talks so well, and it's really, it's um, it's it's uh, big buildings, thought buildings that he's building up. Uh, how can I shorten this? How can I bring this in in a structure of a film? I, I was afraid of that, and it was much easier than I than I thought, um, because he he did he did 
he, when he spoke, he he did pauses, so you could cut and and um, and anyway, you know, I'm I'm German, and um, I'm always happy when I when I do films in in English because the English language is much easier to edit. Because in German, you have the strange uh, uh, phenomenon that uh, how do you call that the the sub in the subordinate um, sentences, the verb is always at the end. So when once someone starts uh, a subordinate clause, or how do you call it? Um, you have to wait until the last word until you really get the, the meaning of the sentence, and you can't cut before even even when all those elements that he puts in a sentence at the end may be not so interesting. You can't cut because you need this last word. <laughs> otherwise, mm. otherwise, the sentence doesn't make sense. And in, in English, it's different because you can, you, it's much easier to, to, to cut because it's more like, a, um, uh, it's more like bricks built to each, to each other. So yeah. it, it, it worked. It worked much better than I'd anticipated. Awesome. I think I've given a good build up that we should watch it very soon in India, at least. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I very much hope you, you can. Um, so far, there are no plans. Uh, and I understand that the system of distributing documentaries is different in, in India than in, in Europe. So I hope to find a way to, to show it to the Indian audience, which, of course, where it's, it's where it belongs to. So what I thought, think now, uh, maybe I can do some kind of tour through the big cities and have a, a very big cinema for, for one or two, one or two screenings with some uh, um, announced well in advance so that people know something like that. And uh, then, of course, it will be out on DVD and, and online. Amazing. So, uh, uh, Jan, like, it's been a real privilege to have you uh, on the show. Can you conclude by sort of like what were the biggest learnings or takeaways from your experience, like very close, intimate uh, relationship with Bibi Doshi in the last few years, like how has it been? Uh, like any anything that you want to share with us? How was it? How I was think, it working with you? <laughs> it was really a, a huge pleasure, and I think the the main reason is really the, his curiosity. His curiosity was so beautiful, and uh, you know, I I had a very demanding um, DOP who always. That a very beautiful light, uh, but it took long to put up this light, and and Doshi was so old, and I was worried he had to wait an hour or maybe two hours. Of course, we tried to do this to 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 not let him wait and to let him come later and so on. But sometimes it just took time, and he had to wait. Normally, people get very impatient, and it's always a very uh, embarrassing situation for the filmmaker to yeah to 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 to, to deal with that. And in his case, it was so lovely to see. He was watching the set. He was watching the electricians and the cameraman, and he enjoyed it. He was just curious about what. Oh, okay, he's doing it like that. He's he's putting the cable here, and the, here's the stand for the lamp, and so on. He was just curious, and and this is really something you can learn from him: that life is beautiful when you're just curious about everything that you that you encounter. Mm. <laughs> Cool. I think, uh, yeah, that uh, it, yeah, I don't have any words to express 
the yeah just thank thanks for giving your time and and we really <laughs> look you. forward to pleasure. we look forward to the film uh and you coming to india and and screening it across so yes. thanks a lot once again for giving your time and it was wonderful having you thank you very much kedar it was was a great pleasure thank you and that's it from today's gyan session for show notes and more gyan visit audiogyan.com and if you wish to connect with me i am at audiogyan moments on instagram until then take care